All right, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. A um, couple things before we get started. Um, we've got a special guest in the room with us. He's uh, actually been mentioned in the podcast before. He has. So take a second, pause the podcast, make your guess. It is Jesus. He is here. <laughs> as well as someone else. Yeah. Do you want to introduce yourself? No, I'd rather you introduce me. Okay. This is Ryan Hervey. Not Ryan Harvey, as previously mistaken. That's true. And announced by me. That's true. Like the, Herbie, Batman. the Herbies broke with the Harveys and centuries ago. Really? Yes. This is good to know. It's yeah. Hervey. We should have a whole podcast on how your name split off from the Harveys. I can do a whole podcast on my name. I'd be happy to do that. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, Ryan's here to uh, talk about today's topic, which you probably know by the uh, title of this episode, but we'll get into get into that in a second. Uh, first off, we want to talk about Scott threw out a, uh, a comment about last episode. Our last episode was, um, you are the salt of the earth, right? Isn't that what it was? Yeah. You are the salt of the earth. Uh, and we had a comment that you made, Corey, about being salted with fire, mm-hmm. right? From Mark 9. Yeah, it was the Mark reference of the same reference out of the three gospels, yeah. And so. um, that was a really weird one for us. Uh, and so at the time, we just kind of jumped over and we're like, eh, let's check it later. Um, and Scott, he texted me, this is one of our listeners, and and sent the, uh, the message version that said, uh, everyone's going through a refining, oh, it won't open, come on. Eric's not prepared. I just I'm can't sorry, get, I just can't sorry, get the picture open. It, it, it basically says everyone's going through a refining fire. Uh, salted with whatever um i can't get the picture to open i'm sorry (laughs) but basically it's this idea of like remove removing the impurities which makes a whole lot of sense for what we were talking about last time so that was a good little nugget we had way to throw in there so no it's great we're having some listener feedback and participation um which is really which is really fun yeah actually the topic for the next episode which we're going to get into later is listener requested yeah that's pretty cool. I I think do you do you want to give some more background to Ryan though? Right now he's just Ryan to people. Like they could think he has no I know legitimacy about to this. Yeah, exactly. He has, he has no legitimacy to this podcast. I know nothing. They about might not Ryan, trust a word he says unless you give him some. He's some homeless guy I just found on the street. I mean, earlier. that's fair. Uh, I met Ryan um, five six years ago. Um, would have been at Hope through Revive, which is where all three of us are on the speaking team. Uh, those two speak more than I do, but, you know. Um, and Ryan was on the prayer team with my wife. And when I started dating my wife, she's like, you have to meet Ryan and get his approval because he's like my older brother. Dang. Hey, I'm serious. That was, that's big and, time. Oh, he, here's, a, here's a story that I've told you before, Ryan. Uh, but the very first time I met him, I didn't realize that this was the Ryan and he, he, we were at some Christmas party, and he was wearing these fluorescent pink running shoes. Okay. Adidas Arrows. So they're from the retro Adidas store, but they put them in like modern colors. That's so it's awesome. got like the turf shoe yeah, bottom. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're so slick. <laughs> yeah. And so I, but I hadn't looked down and seen his shoes. And somehow we got into a conversation. And I was like, yeah, I don't trust any men who have more than two pairs of shoes that they, that they wear. And Angie, Ryan's wife, goes, 
this guy, he said something about like, well, this guy, he's got plenty of shoes, you know, look at his shoes now. And they're, they're bright pink. And I was like, well, and then we get in the car later and Carla's like, that was Ryan. That, that's, that's the guy you got to <laughs> win approval from. <laughs> and I was like, all right, insert foot into mouth. That's awesome. So, yeah. So Ryan has been definitely connected to you and Carla for a long time. Vested in hope. I know you do. I've done a lot of volunteering there. And, uh, and then I guess in my mind, I always just remember he's a lawyer just in case I'm in trouble. True. Um, just in case something crazy happens or I just want to sue someone for the fun of it. Then yeah, I think that, of Ryan. Yeah. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. His, his, uh, youngest daughter is my goddaughter. That's sweet. And basically all his children I've, I've I hope adopted I as my own. Someday. I don't, I don't I care whether he asked me or not on the other two. Have a daughter or have no. a goddaughter? Yeah, can I be the goddaughter? <laughs> You've got God. a better chance of getting in the next kid. would I be? Godfather? Yeah, right? Are they the godfather? No, I don't know. No, I'm I the just, godfather. I want a goddaughter next time. I'm the godfather. Okay. You can just refer to me as godfather for the no, rest of the this podcast. this will not happen. <laughs> all right, we should get on with it. But first, got to recognize the drinks. Because mm-hmm. I think there's one in the room that, well, again, if you've listened to the previous podcasts, you know that I did mention Ryan Hervey as um, the person who had inspired me to create my own bee's knees at home. So this is the man who does great concoctions of drinks. I always learn from him in this world, just like a one and done nice sipper. And uh, he came with a pretty, pretty fun drink tonight. So what are you drinking? I am drinking... Uh bourbon from the pride of osage beach missouri oh yeah ozark from the ozark distillery uh it is bourbon with a little bit of coke so it is uh, an old school drink for me uh, the one that i used to drink before i was supposed to be drinking um, but with better alcohol sweet that's good i'm also have a, just a little bit of whiskey on the rocks it's from cedar ridge i believe i stole it from eric's cabinet just to have a little something more you did um to have then my my ice water that I'm sipping from last time. And I am having a Heineken Zero, which is... <laughs> you better tell it. <laughs> which is a 0% alcohol beer from Heineken uh, because I gave up alcohol for Lent. And I'm impre- You've really lived by that. I'm very impressed. Yeah. It's been a co- <laughs> there's been a couple times I felt you'd be tempted, but you... By you. Yeah, you well, and Chad. Don't my mom will be very upset you said that. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be very upset. <laughs> That's I, good. I'm sorry, Mrs. Nickel. He was he was tempting me. Um, okay, should we get into it? Let's do it. Our topic is do not be afraid, and that is uh, chosen by Ryan. So when when we have a guest, so far this is our first guest, but the the guest gets to choose a topic. And I was not really surprised when Ryan chose this. Do you want to give a little why you chose it? Uh, short story would be that uh, I had a life completely dominated by my response to fear. It was what I worshipped, essentially, uh, because everything I did was in direct response to it. So as I was able to break free of that, uh, my growth and recovery and healing has led me to be someone who basically whenever I identify fear, I tend to attack it. So, um, it is, it's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. And so when you, when you chose that one, I was, like I said, was not surprised because I tend to think of you of like, as like a fear extinguisher, like, but that's that's his thing. Yeah. But you would say Ryan, like 
have you always been that way? Like you always tried to like attack fear or did you kind of learn that after maybe suffering from fear, anxiety? Oh, definitely suffered from it. So I was just watching something recently that was talking about that we basically have four fears or excuse me, we have four emotions. We have uh, glad, sad, mad, and fear. So isn't, isn't that a movie by Pixar? Just side note. Is yeah, it, Inside what Out. What is Inside is Out? Yeah. That's like pretty much. It's yeah. pretty close. I don't, I don't pay close. attention. My kids own it. But so, you know, basically all, all emotions come from those four. Some cocktail of the, the four of those things. So uh, for me, fear was just something that uh, I was dominated by. I was afraid how, how I looked to people, um, how all of my actions, how they resonated. Uh, just it was every single thing had the concern of what if, what if, what if it was this imaginary, uh, boogeyman out there that was always stalking me. And so, yeah, it was, it it ended up leading to depression and anxiety and, and all of the stuff that you would expect fear to, to go to if you're really good at it. And I was really good at being afraid. That's really interesting. I, Mm -hmm. I love that just image of like attacking fear though, because it's such a rare thing in our culture. I, I would say fear has been gripping people more um, possessively than, than ever before to the fact that, you know, we have high anxiety and um, and fear and depression that is really all coming from and stemming from one of those four emotions, fear, yeah. right? And and sadness. And that's it's pushing people to a place where they're becoming immobile and and choosing decisions that aren't are helpful. So I think attacking fear is a, is a rare trait in this world. So I love that image. I, I would, I would say that's, that's what I like try to do too. Um, and, and if we all share our fearful stories, I think every human has had moments like that where they live in a season of fear. And, um, mine was very much through perfectionism. Like I grew up in a kind of in a setting where I felt like I had to be perfect. I made up stories from people that, I put my own pressure on myself that I had to be perfect, even though they didn't directly say it to me. I was like, no, I've got to be per- perfect grades, perfect athletic performances, perfect image, perfect everything. And that fear drove me to just being a compulsive liar and and making decisions behind the scenes that just were all out of fear of trying to you know break this perfect image I had made. Um, and then ever since I kind of was able to walk through that and face that I've, you know, I've looked at fear in a much different, better way, kind of like you're describing Ryan. Yeah. Which is interesting because a lot of people wouldn't look at perfectionism as a fear. Right. I mean like, right on the front. Yeah. Yeah. If someone says like, Oh, what are you afraid of? I'm I'm afraid of public speaking. I'm afraid of dying. I'm afraid of, you know, those like the top two. Um, but no one's saying like, Oh, I'm afraid of, you know, whatever yeah. the root is of all these other different fears. See, we don't identify those things as necessarily, necessarily a fear. Yeah. We or, identify them as something else. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting that the, the form way, what feelings you said, glad, yeah, sad, mad, and fear. Yeah. Um, that it, it kind of all distills down to one of those, but we don't recognize it as that all the time. You know, it's fear in the absence of fear at the end of the day. So sad and mad tend to give away if they if they perpetuate, they tend to become fear. Yeah. So if you you know, you can if you go through a grieving period, you're in the sad phase. But eventually, if that doesn't if you don't start growing back out of that, it leads to fear. 
it leads to the fear of what if I don't ever, you know, the permanence of the emotion. It becomes all the uncertainties. All uncertainties end up tying to fear mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so even sad and mad while normal, healthy human response. And so is fear is a healthy human response. Yes. It keeps us alive. It's mm -hmm. built in. But it's that process of staying in that mode that ends up becoming the problem. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's really good. And I don't know if I've heard this from you, Ryan, or not, but that we respond to everything based out of either fear or love. Does that sound like it sounds like something you'd say at least? I'm going to attribute it to you, but I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> sounds wise. I'll take it. But like when something, I mean, it's it's our natural reaction to whatever happens. It's kind of the fight or flight, uh, basic human instinct, right? It's the the response of our emotions to something, which could be it. That feels so vague, but it's to anything. It's like, are we going to move towards something in in a loving response or move away from it in a fearful response? But um, so re I just heard my dog bark from we, we changed rooms and I heard my dog downstairs. So hopefully it doesn't come across again. Um, but I went through and went through the Gospels and saw all the times that Jesus mentioned either do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear. Yeah, th those are all the references. Fear not. Yeah. And do you guys have any guesses on how many times it was said? 17. Did I already tell you? Yeah. No, <laughs> That's a great guess. Yes. Did, great did, guess I, for it. did I say that in this podcast? No, no. no. You said it does okay. before. Okay. before. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the listeners are going to be able to have a moment where they can guess on their own, hopefully. But obviously, Jesus is someone who thinks that this is fairly important as well. And so this is the first episode where we're not like actually narrowing down on one specific passage. But I did do some sort of analysis of, you know, when did Jesus actually say it? So... I'm going to tell you those right now, and I don't know if you guys have looked it up or not, but I'm going to tell you. So three of the times, there's kind of a top four situations because they're said multiple times. Jesus sending out of the 12, he says it three times in a paragraph, okay? Jesus walks on the water. He says it's in Matthew, Mark, and John, so another three times for walking on water. There's a passage in Luke that's some warnings and encouragement to his disciples. He says three times in Luke 12. And then when Jesus raises the dead girl and heals a sick woman, uh, he says it. In, that's the same story in Mark 5 and Luke 8. So those are kind of like the big ones. Otherwise, they're like one time at Transfiguration, one time when he says, don't worry, all these sorts of stuff. But those are kind of like the main three. I don't know if, or main four. I don't know if anything stands out to you from those specific instances. Yeah, well, let, let's just kind of break down those three moments a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think the four. Yeah, well, there was four different situations, right? Four, uh, yeah, dominant ones. Yeah, the first few, and you might have to remind me of them later, seemed normal responses, right? But then mm -hmm. the one near the end where you mentioned where he healed someone or raised a sick girl from the dead, that's, right? Like, that's an interesting time for him to say, do not be afraid. And so what, what is what is common is there, it's not in a result, response to the healing of the sick woman. It's a result of the raising of the dead girl. That's just what the right. title was. So what after she raises, I think, Jerry's daughter, he says, don't be afraid, just have faith. Yeah. That's his response, yeah. which I think is super weird. Well, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's not like a normal time that you would say it, but when I put myself in that situation, 
I think I would be just scared to the bone that some dude walked in and raised my dead daughter from the grave. I mean, I would be in holy fear in that moment. And I think that's in my mind where that response from Jesus is coming. Cause I think he would see that on their faces, like possessing them. Like who is this person? What magic or demon is like, you know, like that was a lot of times their response to Jesus when right. he would do miracles. And so I, I think that was the interesting one that stood out to me because he had to tell them, Hey, it, it's okay. Do, do not fear. I am the son of God. Like this is, this is okay. <laughs> this is what I can do. But that, that was an interesting moment. And you're talking about it being close to a millennia since it had happened last. You know, you're talking about Elijah, Elisha time periods, Old Testament prophets, when, you know, the the people of God had seen that level of miracle to where we're going to raise the dead. So I think it's fair for her. I'm sure her response was probably pretty freaked out. That's so that's such a good perspective, like the time perspective that miracles had not happened for a long time. Right. Man, like the generations had passed. Stories had been forgotten before, you They'd know, moments this. like, yeah, yeah. before were, that moment were, again. Yeah, they weren't tangible. See, I, I mean, I'm trying to put myself in, in like, okay, I'm here in a room and Jesus raises this dead girl. There's, there's two distinct fears. That's, that's, that's a fear, but that's not like the, I'm afraid of public speaking. I don't, I don't put those two in the same box, even though we have the same word for it. That's the type of fear like um, when I when I, I used to live in Colorado and when you climb to the top of a mountain and see like I could fall off this edge and die. But like this is an incredible image. This is incredible, incredible sight. Right. There's a little bit of like, oh, man, I'm tiny, you know, I don't, if, also for me, just like looking at the night sky or something where it's you see all the stars and stuff. There's a, there's like a. I don't almost identify that as fear myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a holy wonder and honest that, I mean, you are, you are so small comparatively to the works of God. Yeah. I I don't know if that's fear, but I mean, it could be because you know, the Bible does talk about fearing the Lord. And part of that is like, he is so unbelievable. Right. It's like we're, we're in, we're in fear of, of all that he is because he's that, that great. So I think fear can be really defined in, in a couple unique ways like that. And I think you're describing one of them. Yeah. Well, well, I'm just saying that like, that's the type of feeling I think I would feel if I saw a dead person be raised by someone. Right. I don't think I'm going, maybe I am. I've never, I've never seen this happen. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to guess. I don't think I'm going like, I don't want to go up there because I don't want to public speak. I'm a, I'm a touch nervous. Yeah. I have a yeah. little anxiety I'm, I'm, about I've this. I've gotten anxiety. Yeah. I'm like, I am in the room with yes. something, something different. Yeah. You know, like. That's a good I, I can't, exp- almost, I can't explain what I'm feeling. I think there's good? a, there's an element. I completely agree. There's an element to this that as I've tried to think through, because do not be afraid is a theme that's spoken in some form in over 300 ways in the Bible. Mm-hmm. The angels say it when they show up to announce the, the future births of Jesus and of John the Baptist. It shows up in the Old Testament frequently. Uh, when, but when angels show up, they tend to say it all the time. 
And so as I kind of visualize what that kind of fear feels like, it's almost a physiological response in the same way that if, you know, we're in a little room, if we went and opened the door thinking Riley, the dog's outside Mm -hmm. and there's a lion standing there, there's a different physiological response to that level of just recognizing the awe of the fact that now there's an animal that's five times the size of the dog that's standing there. Yeah. But we are in danger. I mean, this is a people that knew that if you touched the Ark of the Covenant, you died immediately. You did. Like yeah. if you looked upon the face of God directly, you did. So there, there's an element of danger that absolutely exists when Jesus does this. We don't, they don't have what we have from a, a biblical perspective of being able to look back and be like, no, Jesus was love. They saw Jesus as power. Yes. And an empower that they didn't run around with on a, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also in the, at the same time in the Old Testament, it says you should fear the Lord your God. Absolutely. You know, yes. You should fear. And yet Jesus is coming and say you should not fear, you know. Mm. Right. So there's an element of that. I mean, even if you go to like, it's not like Jesus is contradicting the Old Testament. In Luke 12, in the warnings and encouragement um, section where it shows up quite a lot, he says, uh, but I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. And and so there's a part of him that says, like, no, you should should fear God. Mm-hmm. But don't be afraid. You know, like, he, you know, he's kind of saying yeah. both things. Right, because there is those two avenues mm-hmm. that we're kind of we're picking at here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting um, interesting thing that I found is that it's like, don't fear fear you know but okay so if we go then to the next we did the raising of the dead girl jesus sends out the 12 okay so he's sending them out two by two to go and do what he did um and then he walks on water that's like after after they're like what's going on he's like wait don't be afraid it's me which i thought was kind of an interesting thing that a lot of times he says don't be afraid because he is present like that's that's a a constant thing throughout it is Mm -hmm. don't be afraid and it's implied because i'm right here even in a couple cases where it's uh end of matthew where he's leaving he says like don't be afraid because i'm gonna be with you all you always right that's Mm -hmm. his reasoning for that which is yeah so can we go back to that disciples one so that he's is that an axe is it that one or is it earlier when he's telling which, the disciples like to go out, hey, no, you're going to go. No, that's uh, in Matthew 10. Okay. Yeah. So just when they were kind of going out and doing their ministry. Yeah. Like in the middle of his ministry, he sent yeah. them out and, and then they come back and they're like, right. What yes. Just happened. Yeah. Yeah. So is, don't you think it's interesting that he, he gives them that command? But my question would be, how well do you think they remembered that? How well do you think as they went out and they went into ministry and they were severely persecuted and <laughs> battered and beaten and like thrown into jail and all these things, how, how often do you think they remembered that command? Don't be afraid. Like, remember that I am with you in the midst of all of that. Cause I, I think that starts to link to our lives a little yeah. bit there, right? Like these same reminders from Jesus of, Hey, don't be afraid. I am with you is the same encouragement he gives us today, but I think we forget all the time. So that's, that's kind of my question that rises out of that is how, how well do you think those disciples did it? And then what about us today? 
I think they probably sucked at it about yeah. the first time they ran into <laughs> adversity. I think they were, I mean, yeah. they were human. They didn't have an indwelling of the Holy Spirit either. So I'm, you know, there's a lot of history to indicate uh, in, in that world too, that, that it didn't turn out so well for the prophets. So, you know, to the extent that they're still having this running through their head that Jesus is a prophet during his lifetime, you know, not fully understanding who this guy is is that there had to have been a fear of, oh, no. Now we've been sent out as representatives of this prophet, and we all know how prophets turn out. Which is interesting that they do they do a much better job when Jesus is not physically present. You know, That's like true. when after, after, after the Holy Spirit comes, you know, like, and he's not like a tangible person right next to him, then they're like, yeah, crucify me upside down. Whatever. Like, you, know, you got nothing on me, man. Cool. Yeah, and I, I was thinking that too. Like, I mean, if you... If you watch them after the the transfiguration and the resurrection, they really do go out of their way to never be fearful and do whatever it takes. And I guess maybe maybe that's just what happens when you see someone die and come back to life and then go to heaven, you know, with Elijah and Moses showing up for a little bit. Like what? But I don't know if I don't know if that's all um, just the fact that they saw someone die and go because after he died. And he, I mean, he found them in a room scared and they stay, he's like, stay here, wait till the Holy Spirit comes and then you, then you can go, you know, I mean, they, they, they were told to like huddle there and basically probably were terrified, you know, until they had the Holy Spirit come, which is, yeah, just to think of that as being the moment where things sort of changed. I think it's certainly representative of the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, when, so one of my favorite structural things is a buddy of mine um, told me a long time ago that feelings follow thoughts. And so when disciples are looking as Jesus as a rabbi and as a prophet and as a great man, fear comes into the equation because he's just a man and he sent me out to do this thing. I've got no protection here. When Jesus became the son of God, you know, and, and became God on this earth and they have a a spirit that comes into them, all of a sudden their thoughts change dramatically of there's nothing on this earth that can hurt me because I got Jesus and it it literally changes how their thoughts work. Thus their feelings change afterwards. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's what we're missing today? Do you think we're missing like that? awe of Christ that he's he is significantly real and impacting and we like we should not fear because literally he's the same person then as he is now but we don't we haven't seen it we haven't maybe audibly heard it we haven't been reminded as instinctively as they were yes I mean I think that's that's exactly what it is and I think, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of factors in who we are as Americans that what we deal with on a daily basis. But a lot of it has to do with we miss the little pieces that they would have experienced as as they began to walk out after after the resurrection that our lives really aren't built to notice mm. in terms of just the, the noise to our lives make that really difficult to see. Right. Can you say that again? Just the noise of our lives means that there there are all sorts of places where God's doing things that we just don't see because of how 
how much how much no, just how much static yeah. there is in our lives yeah distraction yeah mm-hmm. so even even with a pure heart we miss things because and uh, you know it doesn't rival what we've seen on youtube yeah you know i mean we've become kind of um over over uh sensationalized over sensationalized right and so if it doesn't beat everything that we've mm-hmm. seen on the today show well then it probably isn't a miracle and it's not that great yeah and I and I you know I think we're living in a time too where, like we don't we don't feel like we need him need Jesus, as much because we have a lot like right. we have, uh, and this isn't everyone but I think the you know the majority of people can kind of land in this camp of like I have, a job I have a house I have, things I have YouTube I have stuff to distract me I have hobbies I have passions I have this life before me. And I, I think we just land in an area where we don't find this severe need and daily desire for Christ. And you know, there's, there's part of me, I I hope someday, and I've not told my wife this, she'll probably listen and now go like, you never know. Now you're going to, you're going to tell her like, I talked about you and that's why you got to listen to this podcast. I know. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Anyway, but this is just a thought that came into my mind right now. And I've like read about it and seen, seen it happen before, but just like pure isolation and meditation of a, um, like of a monk or of an abbot or of a padre or whatever they are, like literally just, leaving and spending isolation on the meditation of Christ and like being solely immersed in thinking about him and only desiring him rather than the rest of life that goes around it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. To me that like, unless I do that intentionally, I don't think I will ever desire Christ like I should. And if I'm not desiring Christ like I should, then I'm not truly living in this, this awe, this like the fearing of the Lord, I'm not doing well with that. And I'm also like, I, I have sometimes less reason to be afraid because I'm just really comfortable. So it is, there's two words that are kind of sticking out to me right now. Desire. And what I was thinking about before was trust. And how do those interact with a, a fear, both a good and a bad fear? And I'm trying to figure out, like, in my head, make sense of this, is is uh, a fear based on the things that we are trusting in, or is it that based on the things that we're desiring? Get what I'm saying? Like what you were saying was, I'm not desiring Christ the way that I way, way that I could, and how that connects to fear. And I'm I'm seeing that, but I'm also seeing like there's a trust element, like. If we're so distracted, if we're so, if there's so much noise, are, is it because we're trusting in things that can't be trusted? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So let, let me give maybe an example that popped into my mind, right? Like I am not fearful of the, like, I, I'm going to be really honest. I don't have like daily fears, right? I'm, I'm definitely not afraid of public speaking. Like I can get yeah. on stage and yeah talk we all can doesn't mean that we're not afraid of it but I, I i'm like i'm not fearful of driving in winter storms i'm not fearful of being late to work um or or it just whatever daily fears come along right mm-hmm. i i'm not a, i'm not a fearful and anxious person 
Um, and I'm not full. So that's, that's, I just trust, like, I just trust that it's going to be okay. I, I don't, I don't fear the results of the daily little things, but the moment that maybe in my own mind, a big thing doesn't happen. For example, the budget doesn't have enough money in it to do what we need to do. Then I start to get anxious and I get fearful. Like, Oh my goodness. Like, how are we going to do this? Like what, what's going to happen if this doesn't work out? And I, so I start to become questioning of the trust that I previously had because now in my mind, like okay, the budget's off, something's going to happen. Or another situation could be, um, I think I'm, I'm a big dreamer, right? I have hopes and dreams and like all of a sudden this didn't go right. It didn't go right. I'm never going to get there. I'm not going to complete that dream. Like this is terrible. What's going to, what do I do then? Like what other job do I get? What other thing do I do? And I start to fear the future and, and maybe that's that perfectionism coming back at me, but that's kind of my definition of it, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's the fear of desires and there's a, and the, there's the things that you trust and you just trust that it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, then maybe you start fearing or if you have a desire or something and you don't get it, then you're going to start fearing. So um, it's, it's almost like the, the step right before fear. I mean, it's right. It's not the fear would be the root of it, but it'd be the, um, and so like when Jesus says, don't, don't fear, I'm here. It's like, I, I'm a trustworthy thing yeah, like you, that can be counted on. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily get to. Yeah. Or um, fear, a bad fear. Right. Or, or maybe even in those moments, like you're, you feel like you're, you feel like Jesus is there when everything's going really well. And then the moment that it doesn't, you're like, where, Jesus, where are you? Like, what happened? Like, yeah. I thought we had this thing going together and now my life's ruined and where are you? And now, and now I don't. Now I'm fearful. And even though he's there the whole time, it's kind of that awakening. It's that the moment of consciousness of like, whoa, now what? And maybe yeah. those are like the whoa moments that are happening in the Bible. But I, I don't know. I think I think that's where fear starts to, to trickle in is when all of a sudden we're, we're in a like a whoa, this just happened. Everything was good up until now, but now it just happened. Like, where did Jesus go? We think he leads. We think we think it changes in the moment. Like he took a step away, um, while we're going through it, but we know, right. That's not true. Um, like we know that's not true, but I think a lot of people live in that moment. Like, okay, now the bucket's tipped over. Life is in shambles. I'm fearful of the future. Um, I don't trust the process. So is, is the only moment we can really truly understand what we're fearing when like, the rug gets pulled out from under us like when you're actually in fear yeah so like mm. so like if you're saying my life is going great right now i don't have any fears am i trusting jesus or am i trusting the fact that i have a steady income and that yada 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 all these i have i'm healthy and these sort of things my family's healthy you know identifying that fear other than when you just get ripped out, you know, when, when, when the bottom falls out from under you. Yeah. I think that's the question we need to be constantly asking ourselves. Am I trusting the comfortable state I'm in and that's why I'm not fearful or am I trusting the faithfulness of God? And is that why I'm not fearful? I think, um, what you're kind of alluding to is something that I think of when I'm around people is what's their sensitivity to fear. 
And so there's two elements of it is one is how often do they recognize a situation that should cause a fear impact in them? Like driving in a snowstorm theoretically should cause a fear impact in you because it is, there's mortal consequences to, to driving when right. it's dangerous out. I love driving in snowstorms. So, so I get do it. I. <laughs> like, I like, think it's a great challenge. I love, I love it. it. Yeah, and my so wife far. hates yep. it. Yep. <laughs> nope. I got all sorts of stories about that. I completely agree. So there's a sensitivity level, but then there's a, a partnership with it. So it's like we have this, this moment where we recognize the stimuli of fear. And then we mm. have this ability to make a choice whether we agree with the fear. And then that's the thing that leads us or whether we disregard the fear. So that becomes then the element of trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think as you make that decision repeatedly, then that becomes something where I don't think about, oh, I should be scared right now when I go into the snowstorm to drive because I've made the decision so many times that I'm just conditioned that this isn't a fear response moment anymore, which isn't necessarily good for me, but I've become desensitized to the decision. So that would be an area where I don't probably have enough fear stimulation um, because I've I've disregarded fear repeatedly. I've chosen not to partner with it in that regard. There are, there are relational areas with, with me as an introvert who doesn't understand my own emotions very well, that there are certain personal interactions that will create that fear in me that I will partner with as that stimuli pops up. I don't know what I'm going to say, you know, because I'm direct and blunt all the time and this situation, you know, requires a little bit of softness and that's not really in my (laughs) It's not one of my strengths, you know, I don't have that in my holster. So, um, I think that there's, there's, there's two elements. It's the sensitivity. So the, the feeling thing that pops up that is like an antenna that picks up the stimuli of you should be scared in this situation, whether that's based on thought processes, whether it's truly fearful or whether it's the enemy whispering in your ear, one of the three things existing. And then what do I do with it afterwards? And that's where the trust element comes into play. So I think that, you know, we talked about the disciples after the Holy Spirit comes into them. I think they still recognize this is a dangerous situation we're walking into. We just don't care Mm -hmm. because of the trust level that they had, that Jesus was who he says he was. Therefore, God is who Jesus said he was. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's also the sensitivity element. Like I'm, 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 I think most people are highly sensitive to that lion that's outside the door right they open it and they're like whoa yep i recognize fear there and then it kind of it's like on a spectrum right where it comes to then perfectionism that that the sensitivity to that fear is we've almost trained ourselves to say like that's not fear i'm just i'm just a hard worker i just uh am an overachiever or you know we, we can call it these other things i, I we need need some new examples but like you know what i mean like we can so easily call fear something else mm. and convince ourselves that that's not fear that's this and spin it in a positive way yeah that's not perfectionism that's me working really hard and, and being confidence. a good steward of my skills and da, 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 that's da, da. a good old protestant work ethic yeah right <laughs> yeah right you know and and so like it, i'm worshiping it, the lord by doing it this way yeah, yeah. you know yeah. We, yeah. we will twist that that far yeah, yeah. Oh, well, so, yeah, I don't have any relationships. I don't take care of my wife or my kids, and I don't love people well. But I'm doing the Lord's work because I stay at the office for 20 hours a day. Yes. Right, right. But, I mean, even even these are fairly 
you know, as someone, someone listening or, or I'm listening to this and going like, yeah, of course, that's, that's a response to fear. But I know there are things in my life that I'm fearful of that I have not identified and I, you know, I can't even think of because my sensitivity level is so low on those areas. Mm-hmm. It's very high on the lion. It's very low in the whatever it is. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't noticed it yet. Right. But you know I, what I mean, yeah, because I think it's, I mean, fear becomes individualized. We all have different stimulants or different areas where you're fearful of that. And I'm not like, we've kind of alluded to that so far. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're all at is there's some things we have no clue that we're fearful of that are going to happen. And there's things we're very aware of and we try to avoid. Um, and then there's things that pop up constantly that we continually to like, we continuously go, ah, like, what do I, what do I do now? You know, a word you just said that that stuck out to me is the avoidance. Mm. Like so often, that's that's one of the things that that I've noticed in myself is like when I'm trying to avoid something, typically it's a fearful thing. Like if I'm trying to avoid um, speaking in public, we'll say. I mean, that's kind of part of my job in a lot of ways, but that's just an easy example. Then I'm probably fearful of that. It's not. It's how, about, ri- how about people confrontation? Yeah. Is that one that'll, that would oh, fit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would fit me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryan knows me well. I love confrontation. <laughs> Should we have an intervention with him right now? Make him on mic really confront us? Yeah. It's just an Iowa nice thing. Like, I, yeah. I hate the Iowa nice stuff, and yeah, that's that's me. You know, the the maybe I'm not the, the full-on passive-aggressive. I'm sure I am in some ways. But um, the... Oh, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm being nice and I'm not going to confront that person about yada, 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 you know? Um, and so I'm avoiding it and that's, there's a, there's a fear in that and I'm not sure Jesus, I, I, I'm checked in the Bible, but I'm sure, I'm not sure Jesus said you should avoid a relationship with someone, you know, like right. he, he always moves toward people rather than away from people. Right. Yeah. Um, I think he, uh, I, I, I may be stretching a little bit, but I'm pretty sure he says to rebuke them. Yes. Which is, I mean, that's and his word. Your that's, brother. That's the, you're right. Yeah. Right. The correction. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, it's not conflict in a warring sense, mm-hmm. but it's, it is, it is creating something that breaks the flow of the sin by mm-hmm. being, you know, essentially an obstacle to that sin continuing to flow on into perpetuity. Yes. Yeah. But, but like in those, in those situations where you're in a confrontation somewhat with someone, we get like our very basic human instinct of fight or flight. And when, when like the tensions start to rise, whether it's a, a good conversation or not, we, the, the fear starts to creep in that, you know, of whatever it is that I'm, I'm wrong that I've, uh, you know, whatever it, it is. And so the avoidance is anticip- almost anticipating that, like, I don't want to confront this person because I know in that conversation, I'm going to feel really fearful and I don't want that feeling. I don't want the emotion. Well, I think, I think that's the number one flaw of Christians in general is that we are way too fearful of being able to speak into someone's life and say like, Hey, that's not okay. Like that's not a thing for Christians. I feel, I think it's very rare. And I think there is a fear of, well, I'm being too Christiany. Like who am I to judge maybe, or, impress upon someone like you're not you're not following the lord right now like because because i we're all sinners and so i think there's some you know hypocrisy there that that fits in but then also this fear of of that person's now going to judge my image they're going to like 
judge me back because I'm the one who took the stand. And so I think all around we like we dropped the ball out of fear on being being like loving to each other in the sense of accountability um, mm-hmm. in the in the Christian neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, and and I would say, right, like so Eric and I are in a in a men's group with with our friend Chad, too. And like that's a big reason we started it, because we were like, we want people in our lives that can call us out and be like, hey that's not okay. Like, what are you doing? Or, Hey, you know, why are you thinking that way? And I, that's been huge is that we can trust those people and we know it's authentic and it's real that in those moments can do it. And I know Ryan, you do a lot with a men's group and mentoring men. And I'm sure, I'm sure that's fits your personality. Well, right. With being a truth teller. Yeah, no, I, I, you're, you're hitting the, the spot on that is I would say as a whole Christian's, aren't afraid of saying that's a sin as long as they're like 300 yards right. away from it. And yeah. behind the screen. But, but yeah, when yeah. they're, when they're 13 inches away from it, then all of a sudden they get real quiet. Mm. And the problem is, is that's flip flop from the way we need to be is it's in the intimate moments with someone within relationship that we have the ability to say, Hey, this thing's killing you, man. You know, you don't recognize how this is impacting you, me, the people around us. That's where, we need to speak up, not from, you know, a mile away saying that's sin over there, that's <laughs> sin over there. Mm-hmm. Because that, I mean, that doesn't lead to change that leads to, to, you know, sad, mad or fear, you know, yeah, it, it, yeah. if that isn't bringing someone along in the kingdom, the kingdom is to rebuke them personally at a, in a loving way at a personal level and loving can be direct. It, it, it's usually a little bit blunt. Otherwise they don't get the full impact of what's happening. Um, but so as I've, if, as I've dealt with guys over the last decade, as my life has changed, that has been a central focus is, Hey, where is fear entering your life? So this, Jesus didn't say this, but first uh, John four says perfect love casts out all fear. So if I'm going to show up and love somebody, the best thing I can ever do is point out the fear that they have in their lives and introduce God into it by just calling it into the light. Because the fear loves shadows. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's you were talking about that being a, a good liar. You know, I've always said good liars give details. Great ones don't. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, was, I was a great liar. <laughs> I mean, that's what led me down the law school path. Yeah. I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm all sorts of ethically flexible. Um, but <laughs> so the, the, the idea that I'm going to take the shadows away from you and we're going to leave your fear right in the middle of a bright room is the most uncomfortable thing you do with someone in an intimate relationship. And it's the most powerful. Yeah. It's the one that changes lives. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's a great clarifying point. And, and the flip side of that, if you, if we go back to this idea that we're working on right now, right, we're fearful of telling someone like whatever inches away from them that, that, Hey, I, what you're doing isn't okay. And I, and I need to tell you that we're fearful of that moment, but, on the flip side, the receiver of that is, is, is fearful of like, I'm being judged. I'm fearful of this feedback of this correction and how of dare they the change. Yeah. I'm fearful of, of the change. change what I need, what of, I trust. What, yeah. And so we like, and that's why I think there's this misguided relationship within the Christian community of 
we're not good at taking that. And we should be like, we should be expectant of I'm a sinner and I need correction from people who love me. Hmm. Right. That should be a thing, but we don't. In fact, if anyone even gets close to us and says it, I mean, we usually freak out. That's almost like back to your sensitivity. Um, what you brought up about being sensitive to fear. One of the ways we, we need to be, or we increase the sensitivity would be for others to almost point it out, but not just to say like, yeah, pointing out from afar. It's I've, I've given you two and Chad and other people in my life, the ability to point out a fear in my life. Cause, cause there are, there are things that, you know, like you don't see that's behind you, but you see something that in, in me that I don't see. Right. And so we can't like necessarily spot all that. We can't be self-sensitive or, or turn that sensitivity knob up on our own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the conceitive, conceited view we have of ourselves is I got this. Right. I, I, I know everything about myself and you could never tell me a thing I don't know. And I think honestly, the best thing I ever did as a man was get married. Right. Seriously though. Like, I I have learned so much about the ugly in me from a wife who loves me passionately and sees me wholly. And I mean I can I can talk my way around anybody out in the real world like that don't know me. I can make myself look real good. But I mean I mean Courtney is my my truth teller and she calls me out all the time. I'm like, dang it. Like I'm doing it wrong again. Like I uh, and, and there's times where I react out of fear, like, oh no, I'm not perfect. Like I'm not, I'm not the man I should be. And I, and I react wrongly because again, I have this perfectionism in me. Like I, I don't, I fear letting, letting her down. And part of that fear is like thinking that someone's going to leave. I mean, I, in, in my marriage as well, it's like when that correction comes and you sense the fear, it, I, for me, it's like, oh no, does that mean? there's the relationship's going to be cut off, but, but what we're called to is like, no, I'm, I'm pointing this out. That doesn't mean I'm going to like cut you off. Yes. You know, it's, it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm saying this for your sake and, and because I love you, Mm -hmm. not because I'm going to say you're doing this, therefore I'm gone. Which is, yeah. Which is so easy in the bachelor world or the bachelorette world. When you're a single person dating, when you're dating, that's shotgun dating. Well, someone sees something wrong in me. See ya next person. Yeah. And you never actually change. You never address the things that need to be changed. And cause you're, you're fearful of it that, you know, that's your, that's your fear area. And a lot of marriages are built on this idea that like, I did it right. Like I made it through the gauntlet. Yeah. I've, I have, I have convinced my spouse that I am worthwhile. Yeah. You know, now what happens when they find out that I'm not a hundred percent perfect? Yeah. You know, that's the kind of the mindset that we run into is I don't, I don't, as Brene Brown says, I'd rather die on my horse than fall off of it. That's a great, reference. you know, and it's like, why? Yeah. But that's, that was me. I mean, that was built into my marriage. It's built into a ton of relationships that I've had in my life that I would rather fall off my horse or I'd rather die than fall off my horse. Yeah. Which is the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. You know, when you think of it yeah. in those terms, but that's how I was living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So since, since so many of these times when Jesus says, do not be afraid or um, you shouldn't fear or what all this, all these sorts of things, it's because he's 
with us. Why? Why is that the significant part of it? Why is that the because because in one of them he goes, "Don't be afraid, just have faith," which to me seem like on the surface seem like those aren't those aren't connected. Those aren't connected in any way. Like, oh, don't you know? Don't don't worry. Don't be afraid of that line outside the door. Just have faith. And my question is like, be afraid of what? Of you know, or and have faith in what? In you know, and why are those two things connected? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think if and if you wanted to do a Google search, you Google up. You know, do not be afraid. You're going to find a billion articles on how it's the faith is the direct response to fear. Mm-hmm. I think, though, if we were to break that down in the way that I understand it, and um, you know, I haven't I haven't gone through any type of theological training at an advanced level, but it would be that lion, oftentimes, is standing there because he sent it. You know, it yeah, it wasn't. It's not there randomly. We didn't stumble into it. When, when Jesus says, don't be afraid, he, he sent the lion to be there. I mean, because we don't know what else is outside of that lion. Again, that comes back to that that idea that we understand the whole world around us, that narcissism that yeah. we, I know everything. And, you know, we think that we see the world through our first person eyes and then like 10 feet above our head and then 100 feet above our head and then 1,000 feet above our head. We see yeah. everything all the yeah. time. And it, the, the, the fallacy of that is we do see the world through the first person side of us. I think we don't, we trust our eyes too much. Mm. And so we see lion, big danger. Uh Oh, I mean, that is our kind of our lizard brain coming <laughs> to the fore. Like I got to hide. Cause this is going to, this is going to annihilate me. And Jesus in some of these situations saying, I put the lion here. Don't worry about it. And we say, uh, no, I'm, I'm super worried about it because yeah. that's because we're trusting our eyes yeah. more than trusting who he says he is. Right. And so we'll, in real life, it's not a lion. It's, I mean, I don't think there's any lions in West Des Moines, but there could be. It's, it's when we have a job situation, when we're losing our job and that's the lion is, yeah. oh no, this is, this is the end. This is the worst thing that could happen to me. Um, it's, you know, relevant right now is I losing a child, losing a friend in a shooting. I mean, we've mm-hmm. got suicides coming out of Sandy Hook right now. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to date this podcast by when no, we're, we're talking about this, but um, you know, that's a, that is a response to this feeling of sadness will never go away. That's being stuck in our own perspective of lives. That's not to say that that doesn't suck at levels that I hope I never have mm-hmm. to deal with, but the fact is, is the fear becomes, I will never get over this mm-hmm. and I can't move away from it. And so then we, we trust in our own experiences. Well, I, I suck at this. And I, we start telling ourselves these stories of, I can't get past this fear. This, this is how it's going to be forever. I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where fear just grips us in those ways. Or I'm so maybe I don't, maybe I don't use a gun to kill myself. Maybe I, I end up Uh, just locking myself essentially in my house the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. never doing a relationship because I may get hurt. Mm -hmm. That's where our, our experiences dominate too much instead of our faith. Mm -hmm. You, you kind of reminded me of what people rated a terrible movie. And I know you're a movie guy. So maybe you've seen this one, Ryan. Um, 
and it was Will Smith and his son Jaden Smith were in this movie called After Earth. Do you I remember not, I this? I have not seen that. I, I remember watching it, and it's, it was a little while ago now, like maybe 2013 or something like that, but um, the whole premise was um, Earth had been ransacked by these creatures who fed off of fear. And when people saw them, the only way that these creatures could see is if you exhibited fear. They're like a sonar for fear. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so they literally ransacked and devoured the earth because when people saw them or heard about them or anything, they, they sensed the fear and, and killed all these people. But Will Smith was kind of this superhero. The animals couldn't see him because he did not fear them. Mm. He, he viewed them only as an organism that is real. It's a fact that they're here, but I will not fear them. He chose not to fear them. And um, there was his, his like village was being attacked one time and everyone died except for him. And, and he, he just had a different way of looking at it that it's, it's not, I'm not fearful of. And so he became the superhero who could fight these creatures. And then his son had to learn how to not fear these animals either when he kind of got lost on his own. So like this really old crazy movie after mm. not old but 2013 ish yeah. after earth is what it's called it's it's a very interesting concept but yeah. i i was reminded of that in the stock because you know you even think about you see the lion our reaction is like wow fear but again i think if we go back to the root of this and we listen to the words of jesus which is do not fear for i am with you i think we should be able to see a lion whether it's a literal lion maybe or a metaphorical lion and go, I see you, but now let's attack this. Kind of like you started with at the beginning. Like, right. I see you, but I'm going to have faith and I'm going to attack this. I've never petted a lion before. <laughs> yeah. So let's try it. And I've, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It's, but that's yeah. kind of the way attacking fear looks. Yeah. Is, is, um, is, is kind of, so when I see fear now, that has become a trigger for me. Because I would say that there's probably... 30 times a day, I'll just throw out a, a guess, 30 times a day when I have the fear antenna that gets stoked by something, when I could choose to agree with it or not agree with it. And I have learned to view those as opportunities. So it is the opportunity to to do something I haven't done before, to have kind of an adventure in doing so. And it doesn't always work. I'm not perfect on it, but most of the time I choose the adventure side of it. And that's, Hey, I'm not going to outrun the lion. And if it wants to knock the door down, that's a, that's a hollow wooden door. I'm not going to escape it. Right. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Let's go see what, the, you know, yes. I've never <laughs> felt one before. What do they feel like? Yeah. I'm not going to grab his tail. I'm not stupid, but you know, I, I'm also not going to be afraid of the situation. But it's also not like, uh, not having other emotions to the situation. Like if we go back to the, the Sandy Hook or the Marjorie Stone and Douglas, the school shootings and stuff and not saying like, that's that's not terrible and and being sad about the situation like losing your job you Absolutely. know like not not saying like i lost my job this really sucks right. I mean, it's not being numb to it that's no. not to no. be human if you're not right. hurt you don't feel those things you're not human it's not res it's not letting your actions respond to the yes. the, that, the the fear that way this is that's where so that you're you've just defined it perfectly eric that is where my life was lived in response to fear so fear was my god that I lived in response to was 
oh no, this thing might happen. Mm-hmm. There, it, it fear always attaches to uncertainty and something that we can't fully see or understand or know in the moment we're in. And so that's what allows the fear to be big. Mm-hmm. And so I would agree with it. I would be like, yeah, this is, this is too much. This is too scary. I'm sad. I can't, I can't move past my sadness. I can't move past my mad was more my thing than sad, but yeah, it would, that's where the fear would just grip is because I didn't know what was going to happen next. I had no control over what was going to happen. And I was scared. You know what? Just on the, on the madness part of it, that's, I don't know who you might've told me this, that, that fear is, or uh, anger is a secondary emotion. And typically when we're angry, so like, again back to this increasing of the sensitivity being able to recognize when we're angry and typically when we're angry we're fearful of something yeah yeah you know i mean there is holy anger there's like jesus in the temple flipping the tables and being angry about what's happened in in the temple that's that's another type of there is a holy type of anger but most of the time it's our our anger today is a result of fear and that is that was kind of a I guess a game changer for me was like I'm really angry, and that's not typically something we think of that as more of a fight uh, response in the fight or flight stuff, you know, a fight, and then the flight is the fear, you know, that I'm I'm really mad, so that means I want to go and I want to beat up on this situation and fight this situation. I'm not fearful. If I were fearful, I would be running, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the avoidance, but also the anger, are both fear which yeah. is really interesting uh, I, that, yeah, it, that i agree that they are that the fight or flight is it seems like opposites yeah but it's typically not and, and, I, and I honestly think mad and sad are both elements of fear i think they're different branches off of the yeah. same thing sadness usually if you think of it in the terms of grief sadness comes from the loss of something so it's the fear of my life without that thing in it mm-hmm. madness for me at least in my experience has been the fear that someone sees me a certain way or someone's affected me in some way that's changed my future outcome. That's where my madness comes from. So then how is that, that I'm going to push back on that a little bit, that the sadness is, is a little bit of fear because we see sadness and grieving biblically is kind of a, a way of dealing with a situation and way of, of healing from a situation. I mean, Jesus weeps, uh, when I th- is it Lazarus when he Lazarus dies, and I mean even though he knows he's going to raise him right, and then like all this a lot of the Psalms David is sad, you know there's 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 a lot of healthy sadness that's not that I would I would say that I maybe I'm wrong is not necessarily fearful. Well, then maybe I would say that all fear and all all sadness and all madness comes with a fear corridor attached okay so that there's an easy path to fear from them you know when when c.s lewis loses joy his wife the first line of um a grief observed which is the book that he didn't write as a book he wrote it as his journals after his wife died and he didn't anticipate marrying the first line of that is i never realized how much grief feels like fear Mm. yeah and I think that I do. I think that sadness is a healthy thing. We're, we're not designed to be numb to it, but it does have a wing or an element that's easily accessible to get into a fear stage. It's yeah. not about sadness anymore. 
it becomes the fear hook that keeps the sadness present. Yeah. So it's it's almost the same as anger. Is that like not all anger is is fear, but a lot of it, a lot of it right. probably is. If we know, dive or, into why we're angry, it almost always gets back to the fear yeah. side. And once we resolve why we're angry, we're not angry anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it like once we're able to quantify why I'm mad, mm-hmm. it usually takes the sting out of it. Yeah. Physiologically, we don't always react quite as fast, but mentally we get it. I mean, that's first thing we try to do with our kids all the time is why are you mad? Why? Yeah. Well, you know, and the first answer to especially with anger, the first answer to a why question is usually really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, why are you mad? Well, because, you know. They spilled my water. It's we have fair. an infinite amount of water. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> this is America. You know? It's yeah. like you have to hike 30 miles to go get more. <laughs> yeah. Go fill up your cup. And, yeah. you know, mom cleaned up the mess. You didn't have to do that. So what are you angry about? Yeah. Well, because, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it, was, it was, no, you're actually angry because you're tired. You had a trigger that was untied to mm-hmm. what your sibling just did to you. Yeah. And it's, it's getting to that why of, oh, well, let's just get some rest. Yeah. You know, we can, yeah. we can yeah. figure this out. Yeah. I like that. It's like so often we're almost surprised by fear, you know, like, cause it's not, it's not in those like stereotypical moments where you're like, Oh, that's fearful. That's fearful. That's, but it's, it's, it's looking at how we're responding to something and asking why, 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 why am I feeling that way? You know, like way down at the root. Fear's in the shadows. And I think that's why it's the, the enemy's currency is because it's not easily picked up. Hmm. Like you have to be able to slow down to see it in a lot of occasions. Hmm. Um, even the, even when someone says I'm scared of, usually if you start asking why's, they're not actually scared of that thing so much as they are about three things removed from it. Yeah. That's the real core fear. And we're just seeing the expression of it that shows up somewhere else. Hmm. Interesting. So here's yeah. a question for you both for all of us, I guess uh, if you were to translate, do not be afraid or do not fear or something like that. You, by, by not using fear or afraid, how would you do that? That might be a little difficult, but like, what would you say in, if someone's responding a certain way, what is the, mm. without using fear? I think I have mine. What's that? And I, I feel like it may, might've been something similar to what Jesus has said before, but Ryan's I, got to stand that's up. That's a good because, start. Yeah. Yeah. Stretch yeah, yeah right. Start where Jesus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As Eric tells us to say it better than Jesus. said. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet challenge, Eric. <laughs> yeah, no, good job. No, okay. No, okay. Okay. Let me, let me preface this a little bit. Like last time we talked about you were the salt of the earth and basically it was like, okay, how can you say that in today's terms sure. without using salt? Well, you are the refrigerator. You are the, the, uh, preservative you are the this is you know that's kind of what i'm getting at but it's, it's right it is difficult to say like oh, say it better than jesus say said it. It. translated translated into, into words without 21st century language afraid yeah i would you know i would say and maybe i can come up with a more hip version for kids after this but i i would say my twist on it and new version of it would be take heart have courage Okay. Right. So, because really, he's Jesus saying, "Don't be afraid. I am with you." Another way he could say that is, "I'm with you. Take heart. Have courage." And I, I think okay. that's that's the action that he's calling on when he says, "Do not be afraid." So that's my way to answer it without using those words you the, told what me. What the not. phrase "take heart" means? I think I think it's. Like, I'm not trying to be difficult. No. I'm just like, yeah. 
it's kind of a it's an yeah awkward may not awkward but obscure saying yeah. but yeah i think i think it's like possess the confidence within you the okay. trust within you the that's that's the words that i was gonna okay oh yes i took them no I had to rethink I, that's what i would think yeah it's like take take hold of the character that you own and the reality that you know and dive into it press forward i think it's an old war term i'm sure take heart do it you can do it and i mean that's the same attacking version that we kind of hit on earlier tonight yeah it's good i was gonna say something like um don't trust yourself or the world or don't trust trust if it was jesus saying this trust me so i would i would go with the trust thing yeah but the other one that i was kind of thinking was um saying um move move forward you know because i'm with you move forward keep moving towards or not moving forward move towards fill in the blank because i'm with you yeah those would be the two that like, i would kind of pretty resonate. similar to like take heart have courage like move yeah. forward yeah do, do something yeah yeah and Goodness. that's not necessarily just saying like move on yeah that's no, not right. that's not like oh my dad died i'll just move on it's like no don't don't avoid don't run away don't you know that sort of stuff but you got something right well you i completely agree with both of what you've said so i'm trying to think of kind of what that shows up in in more intimate relationships with me how i end up saying don't be afraid um one of my marie curry said nothing in life is to be feared it is only to be understood now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less so that's a good one yeah that's a great quote and marie curry knew what she was doing Um, this yeah i was like this is you're you're quoting like a a physicist correct yeah i was like i know this name and that... yeah and she's been played in movies and <laughs> yeah. stuff yeah no Holy that's cow. yeah what a quote yeah, yeah. that's a that's... Tr- tremendous quote to give you a picture of this so I, I two of my three kids when we were in florida earlier this year we went to universal um studios park and they have a roller coaster called the hulk which inverts nine times um, no thanks. you essentially get shot out of a tunnel and there's like the Hulk's primal scream that's being played when you do it. And you immediately, as you get to the peak of this tunnel, you actually turn into a corkscrew as you're coming out of the tunnel. Sweet. We thanks. see this. So we go the first day and we go to the, the theme park side and my kids are huge into that. And we're like, okay, when we come back later this week, I want to ride this. My middle child who's a redhead and is crazy and is awesome. Like we walked into the park when it opened and we went straight there and we rode it and she's like, can I stay on it? (laughs) Then you see my son who is the oldest, who has the birth order, you know, the, the birth order psychology of the oldest, who's conservative, who's logical, who thinks everything through, who understands risk really well. He rode it the last ride technically after the park was closed. Oh man. Oh, Nice. And it's not that he's not a courageous kid. He's just looking at the risk reward of it. Like I know what could happen on a roller coaster, you know, right. It It, could ruin my day. Right. It could ruin my mom's mom's life, you know? Uh, So it was, but the conversation that we had is my daughter was getting on with my wife, you know, and waiting in line for an hour to do that as I had him one-on-one for a while. Um, 
actually had him one on two because we had my littlest, but she wasn't a part of our conversation was, Hey, you're going to look back and regret that you didn't take advantage of this. Your sister is going to have this experience that she's loved and you're going to wonder why she loves it so much mm. and you won't have experienced it. This is an opportunity that you have now that you won't have later. And so I think the other side of, of fear is opportunity and curiosity. So you, I mean, fear I like shuts down our curiosity. So we don't see mm. things as opportunities yeah. to find understanding. So if you go back to the quote, we don't find understanding because we lose our curiosity. And so for him, it was the curiousness of why I didn't, I didn't try to set him against his sister as you're going to be right. jealous of her. Like I didn't, mm -hmm. that wasn't the emotion I was trying to stoke. It was, you're going to be curious as to what about this ride was so great. And you're not going to have the opportunity because we don't come to Orlando all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and by the time we do, you're going to have listened to it for months about how she did it and you didn't do it. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's the same thing when you hear Olympic athletes, the, you know, or someone will get interviewed, a professional athlete, someone who's really good in the clutch. And they'll say, did you feel the pressure? And I'm like, no, this is, this is what I train for. This is, this is my opportunity. And so part of it's the psychology side of the flip side of fear is curiosity and opportunity. So that's, and so in an intimate situation, instead of having a tagline, mine would be, this is your opportunity to go do this thing and learn more about one. You always learn more about yourself in the face of fear, but you always learn more about the world you live in. Mm -hmm. And I'm insatiable in my curiosity. So that's a great appeal for me. That's not always the greatest appeal for someone who's emotional, but it's still, you're going to learn more about yourself. You're going to learn more about how you feel about things by going through this process. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. That's, that's a, uh, that's a, that's an awesome way to come back to fear and say, here's what is there for you beyond it. Right. Like that's, that's an awesome combination of, of that. Cause I think, I think when we started, you know, we just, we all think of fear as, as this wall. Um, but beyond that wall is, is like you're saying, there's curiosity, there's opportunity. And it goes back to that attacking idea that you had to in the beginning. Like that's, that's how you get there. And, and it's the same, you know, fear is the same as struggles for me, right? Like if we recognize struggles as opportunity, we're more likely to be okay with going through them. Right. But if we don't, and if you see it as the worst thing that could ever happen to you, you're never going to fully benefit from that moment. And I think that's the same with fear is that it's going to provide an opportunity of growth for you. It's, it's yeah. going to create curiosity to grow and, and, and lengthen into something else too. Yeah. If I lose my job and I, and I get curious as to what the next thing is going to be and get excited about mm -hmm. that, I must focus on that rather than, oh, no, I lost my job. I'm going to yeah. be homeless. Yeah. And yeah, that's so as, as I'm like kind of tying a bow on the three answers we had here. Well, first of all, the like anti or the identifying factors would be avoidance, sadness and mat and anger would kind of be like good ways of people to identify like, Oh, there's a flag that might, there yeah. might be fear behind there somewhere. The corridor to fear are attached. To yeah. Some of those. And yeah. so in, in, instead of those things going to, you said curiosity, understanding, which is a, you could do a curiosity to understand something. Um, I had said trust, you'd said trust. Yeah. Um, and then, 
courage. Right. That's um, right. Those were kind of the, the big words that stuck out to me. Um, so we're at an hour and 15 minutes. Nice. Which is kind of what we were shooting for before we started. Yeah, so I feel like I feel like we got to kind of transition into our final random fun question and, and move into the next one unless you guys have any final thoughts that that you want to throw out there. I don't. I think I think Ryan's final thoughts to me were like, yes, that's a yeah. great turnaround yeah, from the beginning. Good. Yep. Nice work, Ryan. Yes. I appreciate that. Yeah. So pretty, pretty um, good for the guy that just wandered in here. That's right. Yeah. Off the street. Yeah. yeah he's, right. he's, he's, <laughs> it's not going to be his last time on this, this podcast. So he doesn't know that yet. Oh, we have to pay um, him next time. Do you want to throw out the fun question for this time since it was yours? <laughs> yes. And I think it ties a, in nicely to maybe date the podcast again. It does. Yeah. Go for uh, it. Um, yeah. So it's, it's currently March. March Madness is going on 2019. And uh, so we were kind of thinking... You know, we originally thought, okay, how could we seed the disciples? Like, who would be the first seed and who would be the last seed? But that that got to be like that could take us forever. I was number like, one, I have to like remember all the first disciples would be names. last and the last yeah. would be first. And like, <laughs> like, there's so we, many twists. How do we do that? So, we, yeah. <laughs> so th- I think the way that we would we wanted to rephrase it was the kind of three options. So who who would win the bracket out of the disciples? Who would be the disciple that like? Then you got to define Beat everybody else. Yeah, which we're not. Just like they win. They would knock it out of the park. We're, they're not playing basketball. It's just life. Paul doesn't right? count. Paul does, Paul's not a disciple. So disciples. Like which disciple would win the bracket of, I don't know, life? And the second one would be who would be the big letdown? Like who's the <laughs> one? What? Yeah. Uh, okay. Like, who's the one who's that the... should have performed really well, but they were just a huge letdown? And then who, is Judas part of the conversation? Yes, that's yeah. the one. Good. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I hope that, we can like, all get there. But he's a 16 like, seed, so yeah. I mean, we expected he's him to lose. 16 yeah. seed. He was supposed to lose. Yeah. He Jesus knew from the beginning the dude was going to be a big letdown. Yeah. Good. So we got that. He had a losing record yeah. going into the tournament. <laughs> it's good. And then the the third one, the third one was like, who is who's the surprise? Who's like the Cinderella story? Who came through and you're like, whoa, that's. You, I mean, well, your impact was way bigger than we ever thought. So I don't know. So there's two left, right? So we know Judas is the letdown. Um, but who who would win win it all? And who was the Cinderella story or the one that really came through? Man, can you imagine being Judas and spending that much time with Jesus and then totally laying an egg in the tournament? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I guess I'll I'll take a shot at the first question, uh, and that is, I would say that John won life. Anybody who writes the book and says, I am the, the loved disciple. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like gets it. You know, when, when, yeah, this like, is a, when this whole thing's a love story and it's all about being loved by God. I don't know. And, I think he's a little arrogant. I think he, uh, well, I, confidence. I think, no, I think he gets it. Cause I, yeah. that's, that's so I heard this just a, a few days ago was, this is a great question to walk away with. Cause this is going to show you kind of your fear index anyway, but on a scale of zero to 10, how good at you are at loving yourself and not loving yourself. Like I am so amazing. The yeah. world should see how awesome I am. So not a narcissistic love, but like I am who God says I am. And I believe who God says I am about who I am, that kind of love. Where do you, mm. where do you fall on that chart? And I would say that John, and so for me be, living in the 10, is winning life is like, I love myself because I believe God's statements about who I am. Yeah. And so I would say in that realm, John 
fits the bill the best based okay. on that. So that would be my Ken Palm. Uh, That's good metric Plus, that like I'm it. that I'm basing my uh, like seating that. on. Plus, he wasn't martyred, right? So he, he's the only one. Right. He, he so he didn't do too yeah. bad. He lived a long <laughs> yeah. time, too. He got, he got the, loved a long time. Yeah, That's he, right. He got to die naturally. He didn't have to strive he, he for his He did suffer love. along the way. Yeah, but, it wasn't know. easy, but yes. See, my... Uh, my I just Googled this because I... I All those disciples' names. Yeah, no, I, I lived a lot. No, I totally did. You get through no, like 7 through 12. I'm I was trying to look up his nickname because I, I think... Isn't Bartholomew the encourager or... Um, Something like that. I feel like he's got the name, you know, there's like the Sons of Thunder and he's the... Bartholomew? Is he the son of encouragement or something like that? Or? Bartholomew kind of just hung around Philip, him and Philip. He like, he like went okay. with Philip a let me, lot. Of let me just legitimately Google this. Yeah, when he gets he was, paired up, hey, Philip, you want to go out? And yeah. <laughs> I'll go with you. They just do the eye contact yeah. thing. They don't even say it. Yeah. They're like... That's they what do the every, nod. every kid does. Yep. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you know we're together. Like, now that I'm saying it... Yeah. Um, no, Barnabas. Sorry. Oh. Yeah. Is there a Barnabas? Um, yeah, that's just what came <laughs> we're, up. We're bad at this. This is always what we do to ourselves. We get. Yeah, maybe I was wrong with Bartholomew. I was definitely wrong. It's Barnabas. He's the son of encouragement. I'm going to go with him as the Cinderella story. Oh, wow. Because we weren't even sure that Barnabas was a was yeah. a I feel like that's a good, a good starter. <laughs> Is he in the tournament? Yeah. yeah was he there? There's like James and John who got Sons of Thunder, which doesn't seem like a positive nickname. And then Son of Encouragement seems like he was probably a pretty uh, reliable. He's getting dude. one shining moment. Yeah, he yeah. does. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, if we don't want to and if we don't want to take Judas as like the legitimate. I don't think you can choose anyone but him let down well because let's say he you know he kind of took himself out of the the that's true the tournament Jeez. right he's like so lsu he's yeah. like vacated oh, yeah. you know gone. <laughs> and so he took himself out of the tournament so they kind of replaced him so then i would say the letdown would maybe like the the iconic doubting thomas right okay like the the yeah. guy who just like Everyone else was in it, but you just kept saying, no, there's no way. There's no way. And that that one moment really defined his whole career, unfortunately. Yeah. But I know he went on to do some good things as well. But that that to me would be like, okay, let let down. Okay. So isn't right. doesn't that make doesn't that make Peter like Chris Weber? Because essentially you've got this <laughs> right. opportunity you've got this when opportunity when Jesus is like, You're gonna do this. Yeah. And what did he do? Peter called a timeout when he didn't have any timeouts. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. His NBA career was fantastic was after yeah, the fact. Really, that's but, really good. But but in his in his moment in the in the big tournament, you know, I think yeah. is with Jesus and he. Peter is Chris Webber. Yep. That is that's phenomenal. Fantastic. And that's coming from a Michigan guy, and that <laughs> oh, hurts. It hurts to say. <laughs> but Chris had a great NBA career. Now we got to go through a, like a good one. yeah, you know the oh, um, man. who was the uh, is our Cinderella then. Um, that's got to be like Steph Curry or something. He was kind of a yeah. He was a well, 10, like, 11 seed yeah, in Davidson. Yeah, you know, yeah you're he's right. Kind of yeah, the, uh, has this yeah. blowout. Yeah, or Jimmer for dead or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmer. <laughs> oh man. Um, if we're if we're naming actual names yeah. of people, yep. but um, that's good. Okay, did we kind of answer that question? Yeah, you did. I, I think, think that, that was really, really well. That was a lot good. better than the Beatles question. That, which, by the way, didn't you have some Beatles comments, Ryan? Yeah, but I forgot what they were. Oh, okay, well, we had okay. we had a Beatles question in the first episode, wasn't? It? Yeah. We anyway, did. Um, do you want okay. me to segue into? We'll, the, we'll give yeah. the the passage for next time. Yeah. Where so it we're came gonna from and everything. Yep. So this next passage came from a listener. They reached out and said, "Hey, 
I've always wondered about this thing that Jesus said, and he said it a few times. Like, why does he say it? So again, we're taking some listener feedback, and they noted Mark 1, verse 44, which says, um, Jesus is stating, see that you don't tell this to anyone. He had just healed someone. But go, show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. So they really were focusing and asking about the see that you don't tell this to anyone yeah. thing. And so that's what we're going to dive into next time because we love our listeners and we want to um, you know, give you some content that you're curious about. Yeah, yeah. So if anyone else's uh, request, send them our way and we'll do our best to address them. Um, which that one's really interesting because these are, so far we've done ones that are like, this is what you should do. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like, don't, don't do this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is something that you feel like you should do. Right. Yeah. You, know, Go you should tell. tell. Anyway, yeah, it'll be interesting. not to get too far into that, but uh, do you guys have anything else to add before we wrap it up? We're at an hour and 24 minutes right now. Oh man. I hope people are still listening. If you are, can you let us know, like reach out, uh, hit us up on Twitter, right? At Corey Nickel or at, epay 88 um or email ryan? us ryan you got two ryan what's your phone number eight. <laughs> i've always wondered what is it at weothesia8 so y-i-o-t-h-e-s-i-a then the number eight why what is that? that is the greek word that paul uses for the adoption of sons so when you get oh, adopted geez, to so have good. the kind of authority to go bid in the marketplace on behalf of the father is, is what weothesia means Shows up. He just pounded our Twitter. Man, <laughs> your Twitter handle anyway has significant meaning. All right, out. I think that's we just hit one twenty five oh one. So with that, quit counting it. We'll, end it. we'll end it. We'll end it. See you later. Bye.